The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. You've got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. And Carrie, I know you, you said you weren't going to listen to the State of the Union address, but I'm going to play some of it okay. for you. Okay. So I just read some of the um, highlights. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Record job growth, higher wages. Too many families are struggling to keep up with their bills. Inflation is robbing them of gains they thought otherwise they would be able to feel. I get it. That's why my top priority is getting prices under control. Look, our economy roared back faster than almost anyone predicted. But the pandemic meant that businesses had a hard time hiring enough people. He's kind of hard to understand, isn't he? Some of the words, Gary? No, you think? Because of the pandemic, to keep up production in their factories. So you didn't have people making those beams that went in the buildings because they were out. The factory was closed. The panic also disrupted the global supply chain. Factories close. When that happens, it takes longer to make goods and get them to the warehouses, to the stores, and go, prices go up. Look at cars last year. One third of all the inflation was because of automobile sales. There weren't enough semiconductors to make all the cars that people wanted to buy. And guess what? Prices of automobiles went way up, especially used vehicles as well. So we all know that, don't we? Yeah. So is he going to get to what he's going to do for inflation? And so we have a choice. One way to fight inflation is to drive down wages and make Americans poorer. I think I have a better idea to fight inflation. Lower your costs, not your wages. Yeah. That line, which the, he got a standing ovation from the Democrats, I, I think a lot of talking heads got interpreted that differently than how I interpreted it, and I think how President Biden wanted it to be interpreted. Right. And and and, and it's almost like a lot of the talking heads I heard after it were saying that he he was addressing the corporations or the business owners and saying, don't talk about reducing wages when economic times get tough. Talk about lowering your costs. And Well, they got to do – how can they lower their costs when times get tough? But I, I don't think he was addressing the business owners, Carrie. That's my okay. point. I think he was addressing middle-class Americans. Okay. Saying that – our, meaning the democratic solution to save the middle class in tough economic times is not by talking about lower wages. They're talking about higher wages. Right. It's by lowering costs, not the corporation lowering the costs, lowering the middle class costs. Okay. You know, with with child care and UBI. Well, and, we need but, but I mean, in other words, taxing the rich and and taxing the big bad corporations to pay to to lower the cost. Does of he the really class. know what he even means? <laughs> Folks. Oh, sit down already. Make more cars and semiconductors in America. More infrastructure and innovation in America. More goods moving faster and cheaper in America. More jobs where you can earn a good living in America. Instead of relying on foreign supply chains, let's make it in America. Wow. That's a novel idea. <laughs> we haven't heard that before, have we? That's what I'm saying. But don't make more oil in America, Carrie. That's a no-no. Oh. 
and now the USA champ. Increasing the productive capacity of our economy. Of our economy. A what? Economy? Building a better America. Oh, All geez, right. here so, you go again. So, 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 a couple of things that I took away, you know, clarifications. I, he did clarify some things for me, Gary. So, first of all, I had always got it wrong. I was always calling it the Triple B, the Build Back Better plan. Right? Okay. Like, apparently, that's not what it is. It's not the Build Back Better plan. It's the Building a Better America plan. Oh, okay. It's a double B, not a triple B. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so there, I don't think, I mean, what's that line about sticking lipstick on a pig? Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it didn't change anything what he wants to do. He's just, it, it, he knows that the media or the world knows that Build Back Better is a done deal. It ain't right. going to happen. Right. Meaning that done. Right. So now he's Build a Better America. Right. Okay. Um a second thing he cleared up for me, and again, I, I apologize. You know, I was kind of wrong. Remember a year ago, we were, we were talking about how the progressive left was was talking about the defund the police. Yeah, I, we were always getting it wrong. It wasn't defund the police. President Biden clarified it was fund the police. Oh, really? Because I've seen signs. I've heard they were clear on D. Fund? They didn't. No, no, no. It was it was it was fund the police, Gary. Oh. He made that very clear in the state of unity. Oh, that he wants the police funded, yes. and maybe they just reverse the de. Ah, no. oh, yeah. oops. So I'm I glad know. he clarified that for us. Okay, a third. Well, that's good. I think we need that. Right. A third takeaway was, you know, we now know that the Rona health risk is behind us. Okay. No masks. Right. Okay. Um, vaccines work. Whatever. Treatments um, are getting better. Right. Um, but now, which I'm not sure if, if, you know, now we have to deal with the financial risk of what I'm calling the Rona reversal. Mm-hmm. More on that later. Um, a fourth thing is I'm, you know, at the end, we're all waiting to see how he was going to say that the State of the Union is strong, right? Because right. you have to say that if you're the president of the United States at State of the Union, right? Mm-hmm. Now, remember, last year he didn't have a state of the union because it's normal that a first term president in the first year, you know, he's in in January. He doesn't give a state of the union. It's a year later. Right. Right. It's it's he's just it's an address to Congress that he did last year. So this is actually his first state of the union. And that's and I have some people saying that's not unusual, you know, and but right. But and it's not unusual that the president says at the end of the state of the union that the state of the union is strong. Okay, but it's not always that you end by saying the state of the union is strong because you, the American people, are strong. But you know who else who said that? Who? President Trump. I was going to say I almost gonna... verbatim. Right. Oh, you mean he used a Trump line? So I guess he agrees with Trump. Oh. Uh, um, now the other takeaway that I got is is you know I watched his cabinet members you know file in. To the mm-hmm. House chamber, right? And none so you of them did were, watch it, of course, of course. Um, and I, I watched him file in, and, and there is no question <laughs> that his cabinet is the most diverse in U.S. history. Oh, Are you, they the most qualified? Well, uh, that's what's in question. I think that's the only you know, thing that matters. You know, I, I don't care about someone's background, what they are or who they right. are. I mean, it's, do you want qualified people like my doctor? I just want to know, can they get the job? Are they experienced? Well, do they have the expertise? I don't care what they are. What their gender, color, or age right. is, Carrie. Right. But, it, but it, it isn't a bunch of old white guys from Wall Street, you know, in his cabinet. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Okay. Now, what's still in question is, is like you say, is I'm questioning the skills and the experience. That's all I care about his, personally. Uh, but... know, can they navigate through very difficult economic period right now? Um, now, I said in watching it just one last night. So I'm, uh, you know, I don't know who was struggling more, President Biden w- reading the teleprompter, right, um, or the robot that was trying to do the closed caption, trying to. Tell us what, what he, he was... said. So, so, so I'm watching it with mom, right? You so, know, 94-year-old okay. mom, Margaret's mother, right? Okay. My mother-in-law. You know, she was born in Chile, right? She married a Hungarian refugee, you okay. know, who, who who fought in the Hungarian army. It was in a tank brigade in World War II. Okay. All right. Um, he's now deceased. Um, but mom is still with us. So, I, you know, she can't hear the TV, right? Right. There, you know? Oh, okay. That's why you have the so closed caption. So I have the cap- closed caption on. And, it, and the closed caption... It was having, it was struggling so hard (laughs) 
to, to was figure there a out. Difference? Oh, almost every line, there was a difference. That's um, hilarious. You know, and 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 the way he ended, um, the way he ended this, you didn't hear the end. When, no. So after he's saying, mm-hmm. you know, the strength of America is why the union is strong, is the strength of Americans. He 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 shouted out at the end, "Go get him!" Now I'll, there's a lot of people who to don't who? know if he said "Go get him" with an H or "Go get M." Like you know the old line, "Go get him!" Like yeah, up and, you know you know. Go get who? Well, that's what we don't know. And, and so I I looked up you know so if you you know they have his his transcript that he hands out you right know, I, 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 so what did it say it wasn't there oh that was an ad lib by president <laughs> so we don't so i don't know now the the robot doing the closed caption thought he said him with an okay. h um a lot of people go get does it matter what is he talking about go get him what i don't hey, know do reference like go get him isn't something a pre- he thought it was good about? to add to the end i guess For- I was in what context? But so. Well, yeah, go get him. Go get some oil. Go get, you know. But he did lay out, you know, his plan to fight inflation. Um, so I'll go over a little bit that because I know a lot of people today are worried about inflation. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, you know, hot war inflation. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the theme I'm calling today's show, Carrie, is it time to build your plan R? Mm, go to the gas pump. Now, this week, <laughs> uh, for new listeners, what do we mean by plan? So plan R is a, is a term that we use at the state planning team to talk about that when you build a financial model, a projection into the future, that you run a more risk scenario or a worst mm-hmm. case scenario. So plan R could be for a more risky plan, you know, than your base case scenario. Right. It could be meaning lower growth rates or a market downturn or premature death of a spouse. So wages or or you only get one Social Security or your pension election or income changes. Right. And a lot of times the R could stand for recession or Mm -hmm. a recovery plan. So, for example, like in 2008, it was the real estate. Right. You know, problem, you know, with the subprime leasing and and the worst recession, Mm -hmm. the great recession. In 2020, it was the R was for the Rona recession. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was a 35 percent drop. You know, in the S and P 500. Now it quickly right. recovered. Um, so this time around, Carrie, I'm saying the R stands for recession. Russia. You know, is this Russia war with Ukraine going to lead to a global recession that will come to our shores? It's sure affecting my price when I fill out my tank this week. Well, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here on Saturday mornings on 1420 a.m. Between 9 and 10, we're a financial educational talk program talking about issues that can impact your financial life, whether you're working or someone who is already in retirement and hopefully making you aware of issues, opportunities, and potential problems and giving you the understanding that there's choices and things you can do when it comes to your financial life to be proactive um, and save you money and also give you clarity on what's possible and what's not and knowing what steps you should be taking to protect your long-term financial stability and minimize what the government gets. We're sponsored by the estate planning team. The estate planning team is an affordable Ohio registered fee-based fiduciary planner. We're a traditional financial planner numbers crunchers that do financial modeling and objective unbiased analysis so people know, you know, timing of Social Security, pension elections, knowing that plan R, um, which we've run alternative for people saying, worst case scenario, am I going to be okay? Or what things do I need to change to be okay? And a lot of people can get a handle on their expenses in in a couple of years, but that long term is hard to do in your head. And also it's taking steps while you're working to um, make choices with your money so that you're creating future tax efficient income or in your retirement. How do you create the cash flow you need tax efficiently and avoid traps? And I know last week we talked about the minimum required distribution and giving you case scenarios on how much is really left and you know, people are unaware how much if they just follow the minimum required distribution plan is going to be left in your IRA, which is taxed to your kids or family members and 
taxed uh, during your lifetime, which causes problems we talked last week, can cause your Medicare B premiums. So you to go through other tax thresholds, um, your capital gains rates and other things. And it's usually not in your best interest. And there's usually some alternative available. And I know we're going to talk about that today. Um, the estate planning team is A-rated and accredited members of the Better Business Bureau. And we have ratings on Google as well. And we offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation. And we'll actually run some preliminary analysis. We can do that by phone or in person, whichever you prefer. And you can give us a call if you'd like to schedule and get that free analysis. Um, our number is 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or you can visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. You can contact us about a consultation. Sign up for a newsletter this week. I know with Russian news or economy or inflation that I'm sending out alerts more often and you can sign up. There's no charge for that. And once we get classes back on the schedule, you'll also be the first to know about that. Also on the website is a link to podcast. And if you want to know the impact of minimum required distributions on different growth rates, um, if you click on our website and go to our podcast, there's a link to the radio station. You can see, listen to last week's podcast, and that's financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell, and I have Mark Donnelly here with me this morning. All right. So Biden says making more goods in the U.S. will lower inflation. Um, so we clearly said that. What what didn't we hear at the State of the Union address, Gary? Well, we didn't hear anything about Biden's pledge to, you know, wipe out student loan debt. Mm, okay. Yeah. But, I think there's a lot of other issues going on. Right. But there's a lot going on in the background in that subject. OK. Um, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the some of the articles that have come out. I, I'm going to deal with that. OK, because I know like Naviant's one of the big servicers. Right. And they've talked about some of the things they were charging people interest when they shouldn't and some other things. So I have seen news on that. Right. So, you know, it, it just some of the you know, boy. Um, yeah. 20 million student debt getting wiped out by New Yorker for New Yorkers. Um, How about we talk about is, the colleges are reducing tuition is, is ridiculous right. and what room and board. <laughs> Don't get me started. What is a graduated <laughs> repayment plan for students? Um, you know, because the moratorium on student loan payments ends May first, mm-hmm. and and there's a and there's a lot of people out there saying that the students aren't ready to go and and start repaying it again. Right. Um, Education department continues overhaul of student loan servicing. Um, student loan repayments resume soon. Prepare now. Uh, student loan companies' illegal conduct can ruin borrowers' chances for debt forgiveness. Um, Biden's top student loan official right. said much more student debt relief is to come, but ask borrowers that not to flood our phone lines. That's the great one. Yeah. So, so don't call us. Well, what he's saying <laughs> is, um, Richard Cordray or Cordray. Yeah, I guess, you know, the education department. So he's saying that because of these articles, there's a bunch of students calling up saying, is my student loan debt forgiven? Just because of an article, I would think you'd get a letter. By the way. And so he's saying, yeah, we, we, we're working on it, but don't call us right now about it. <laughs> um, half of student loan borrowers may be at increased risk of delinquency. Um, 93% of student loan borrowers aren't prepared to start paying again. Inflation could make it even worse. So you get the deal. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't have time to do this right now, but I think in April I want to revisit that subject matter because that will be getting close to that May date. Um what else didn't? Um, what I didn't hear President Biden say, State of the is drill, baby, drill. I was hoping he would. Um, now, and or even I, at least throwing us a carrot and saying, you know, pro- promoting the federal gas tax holiday, right? You know that eighteen point four right? gallon. No, that ain't happening either. Now, why? Well, apparently there aren't enough Democratic votes to get the gas tax holiday. Oh, nice. All right, so that's not even very popular in the Democratic caucus all right and of course the their whole point the left democrats progressives is they want to wean the world of oil so so you know there's a big you know they think they know how to do this they think they know what's best for everybody else do you know when you've talked about that whole gas thing about a penny of gas um the average across the country it jumps since russia's invasion 29 cents a gallon 
as of Friday. Right. And if you look at and they said it was the highest hike since Hurricane Katrina. And it's going higher. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, Now. And it's so what's going to stop that? So so that was the debate. Right. The uh, you know, I heard someone interviewed. Oh, who was it? I heard somebody interviewed on Bloomberg this week, and John Farrow was just, you know, unbelievable. Great question. But it was the Deputy Secretary to the Treasury. Okay. Uh, Wally something. I forget his name. I have it somewhere written down. Um, but he was trying to get, you know, why why don't we come, why doesn't Biden come out and say we're going to stop buying oil from Russia? Do you think that would be a smart move right now? And remember, what the White House has been saying through the press sector and stuff like that is that that's a misguided um, solution. Okay. In other words, America isn't dependent on Russian oil, Carrie. Right. Europe is, but not America. Okay. We only import three, of all our oil imports, Russia is about 3%. I mean, Canada is like 61%. Mexico is like 10%. Right, but any amount, we do you think we really should be not? Well, the point is, even if we cut off our 3%, right. that ain't going to do anything to Biden. No. I mean, sorry, to right. Putin. If Biden does that, that's not going to hurt Putin that much. Right. All right. Um, now, if Europe stops it, that will hurt Putin. Right. Or if Japan or anyone else is doing a lot more. Yeah, but if we start drilling, then their suppliers can support the other countries. Well, okay, but that's what the secretary was saying. That ain't going to happen for a while. He said Biden's main concern right now is keeping today's gas pumps low. Well, I don't think he's done a very good job. But he's saying that if by cutting off Russian oil, that's a long term. That's not going to help today. He what the way he spun it was that actually. By keeping the prices low, meaning not creating more demand right? because of a shortage of supply, by keeping the prices low, that actually hurts Putin more. Because what Putin wants is higher oil prices. Right. Well, he got them this week. I mean, look at across... What is right. it's over a hundred dollars? Over one hundred and ten. Remember, we said wasn't that long ago? We said we're not close to a hundred yet. Well, right, and you know the all time high is one hundred and forty seven dollars and fifty cents. Holy smokes! We could get there. We could right. get to one fifty, and that's going to be hard when gas I mean, is over four dollars well, a gallon, which we're not far from. Right, and and the, and if you're keeping track at home, for every ten dollar increase in a barrel of oil, translates to about a twenty five cent increase gallon at the pump all right so if you're thinking that um you know at 110 which is it's fluctuating right now right here you know we're at what about i think i saw 379 on the way in yeah i think some places were even 389 okay so if we go to 150 if we set a new time high Okay, figure that's four more. That's forty dollars. That that's another dollar. That takes us to four seventy nine. There's your five dollar gallon. Ooh, that's gonna we're we're all gonna have a issue. So the question becomes, what is gonna stop this? It we it's called demand destruction. In, in other words, it, it, what price? See, no one's. We're gonna test. We may test all time highs. We don't know how much Americans will pay for their gas, Gary. Mm-hmm. When will they stop buying gas? I mean, right now, people are going back to work, right? Okay. They need to get back into their cars, and they need to drive back to work. Right. What do you think they use to do that? Cars. Gas. Right. Right now, there's a lot of retirees who have put off their golden year travel for three years because of the Rona shutdown. Right. Do you think they want to get back and travel? Absolutely. And you think they're going to jump on an airplane to do that? Mm, some people not. And a lot of people like to drive. So Well, that's whether gonna... they're driving or they're getting in an airplane. It's see, still going to impact see, the cost. We have electric cars coming here, but I haven't heard anything about electric airplanes coming yet. As far as I know, airplanes, any airplanes flying today use gas. So if gas prices go to, if oil goes to $150 a barrel, what are the airlines? Do you think they're going to up their airfares a bit? Mm-hmm. So do you think Americans will stop traveling? I don't know. So how far, you know, how high will it have to go before 
Americans say, I've had enough. And I think we could test $150 a gallon. Yeah. Um, now, um, now, the other thing, too, is we've got a lot of Fed speak this week. Um, and the Federal Reserve is saying, okay, we, they, you know, Chairman Powell is still saying that the America engine, the economic engine, is, is rolling along. And he's saying, yeah, we can, we can afford the price hikes, the interest rate hikes that are coming next, you know, in March. Right. It's going to be 25 cents. You know, it's, it's. Oh, okay. So he pretty much stated that. Um, we'll get another consumer price index reading next week, Carrie. The, the range is 7.8 to 8.1%, meaning that inflation hasn't tapered off yet. If we get an eight handle on inflation, Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there's a lot of people right now saying that um, recession is coming. In other words, I'm calling it the rust session, right? Because how I, they think that if the Fed starts raising interest rates now and we have oil at 110 going higher than that, there is little chance that the Federal Reserve, through their monetary policy, is going to navigate the soft landing and not land in a U.S. recession. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, you know, so Bill Gross is saying, you know, U.S. recession. There's a lot of people out there saying we are going to hit a recession. So is it time for you to start building your Plan R? And by doing that, that's one of the things that we help clients understand. In other words, it's the idea of saying. And I'm asking all our clients right now, does inflation, have you changed your spending habits? And the majority of them have said, no, Mark, Mm -hmm. I haven't changed my spending habits. Okay. But they say they're worried. See, this is the difference between what consumers say they're worried about versus what they actually do. So probably most people say, yeah, I'm worried about inflation. I don't like inflation. But then when you ask them, well, have you really cut your spending? They'll say no. Maybe not, but maybe they've not done things that they normally spend, like special projects around the house or travel. Well, or that's what hobbies. Yeah, that's the demand. And but are they? You know, in other words, but what what I'm saying is, if we have, if and if this inflation gets entrenched, meaning that we have six, five, six, seven percent inflation for the next five years, mm-hmm. ten years, is that going to put a dent in your? economic model is that put a risk to the longevity of your plan and that's what's tough to do in your head that's why running your own plan r we can model those different scenarios Mm -hmm. all right and and that is an and and we're doing it on paper so it gives you an idea is if we do have this inflation for longer do you have to cut back do you have to work longer do you have to cancel your hawaii trip right these are the things that we help clients understand because, right, quite frankly, you can't do anything about controlling inflation. No. All right. Um, when, when you have Russia attack Ukraine, sorry, that's bad luck or whatever. I mean, There's in nothing words, you can do about it. Yeah. Um, and, but you can get clarity of some people that come in or some are going to have to scale back. Based on inflation and other people, really, it's they're worried about it. But when you run the plan R, it really doesn't materially right. affect. Okay, they're you know, it's they're not running out of money anyway. Now they have a little bit less in their pot, but they're not desolate at age their life expectancy or age ninety five or one hundred, whatever they decided. And they're even comfortable even with. If gasoline goes to five dollars a gallon. It's you're still not in Ukraine fighting Russian tanks. Right. So it, it, it's all perspective, Gary. True. But I think people are going to that's going to hurt middle class people if gas goes to five dollars a gallon. It's uh, going to hurt us all. So but I mean, it, it's not only that. I mean, the, the you know, Ukraine and Russia, they're the breadbasket. You know, they mm-hmm. the, the grains, the, the wheat, the, that's all the corn. All that is going to go up. Mm-hmm. That's going to create world Food prices, you know the other. Remember the other two. Vol- well, I was going to say food prices are bad enough. I have a teenager. Oh, they're going to get much Every worse. Every week it goes up. I swear. Yeah, what's going to get worse? You know, and and remember those are the two volatile items. That's why the core, you know, CPI or the core PCE takes out food and energy. You mm-hmm. know, because it's so globally, 
you know, volatile, but you know, that's real. And so, yeah. So do you need to build, um, a plan R where you're saying, okay, I want to model in, uh, more. So, so before I get to this, I want to get back to the last week I was, Carrie, I was talking about, um, the RMD tax trap. Right? right. And how much balance you would have based on the different grow rate at your life expectancy. Right. And I was running two different scenarios. Let's say whether you have a million dollars in your qualified plans as you're going into retirement, you know, that's the number we always were right. told we need to have, or maybe you're doing a little bit better. Maybe you got a million and a half. Maybe you took that, uh, you, instead of taking the pension annuity election, you, you elected the lump sum and that added another big chunk to your IRA at mm-hmm. the time you retired. Um, and then what would the RMD look like now with the later RMD beginning age, 72, and the, the new uniform life tables that extended life expectancy? So, you know, what, you know, what can you project what you think your RMDs would be? And then what that could be not only at age 72, but what's your RMD at age 80 or 90 or 90? Right. And talked uh, about why that can cause major problems. Yeah, so you can always go back and listen to that podcast. But I, but I said this week I'd get back and say, well, what would be an alternative? What if you went on an accelerated IRA distribution plan? What would the number look? So I want to do that before that, Carrie. It is March Madness, Carrie. Right, we're we're into March Madness. Mm-hmm. And you know, remember I was I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago that. Remember some of the the IRS crisis that we're having right now, and and, right. and and you know one of the things that the IRS keeps saying is that you have you know check your returns before you press the button mm-hmm. to send them electronically, right? Um, because everyone's doing electronic filing, right? Except some of us, you, <laughs> but. Right. There's now, still a handful of people out there. But anyways, um, but I'm not doing it by pencil and paper. I, I, oh. I, I've graduated to one of the robots. But but what I and so one and remember I was making a joke of one of the do-it-yourself internets that's saying you know four tax filing mistakes you can't afford to do. Remember right. one of them was guessing at deductions or or, or <laughs> putting a, a putting a deduction that's not real. Well, and the other thing I said too was that. If you are using one of the robots to do your tax returns, see, the problem is it's very difficult to review your own work. See, in other words, the robot doesn't know if you, it, it believes you when you enter a number into the the robot. So if I put 564 and I meant to put 546, it's going to say, well, you put 564. Right, right. It's not going to pick up the transposition errors. Right, which so happens, that, or you entered oh, an it, extra digit. You know, um, so... So, and so, and I said, that's the problem I've seen is that if you're doing it yourself, it's hard to review your own work. You need another set of eyes. Or you need to take a step back and go back to it. Double check, triple check, quadruple check. I would triple check before I'd hit the button. You know, it's, it's, you, you put a check mark the first time you check it. Then the second time you check it, you put another line through the, your first check mark. And you take a break from it. And better yet, you let somebody else review it. Okay. Um, Now, and well, apparently, Candace and Randall Bush, I don't think there's any relation to the first family, but but just ask them about this, right? Because this was a new court case that came out in February. Um, And they failed to review their 1040 carry before they hit the button to electronically file it. All right. And now they owe a 20% substantial under a statement penalty. Okay. Ouch. 20%. That's, you know, Ooh. <laughs> that's that, uh, you know, that, that dreaded 662 penalty, carry that I talk yeah. about, you know, for being substantially underpaid, you know, or underreported. Right. right. So what happened? Well, the couple used this tax software to prepare and file their tax return without realizing that the software recognized only whole dollar amounts. They inputted mortgage interest deduction at 21,201.25. Okay. But the robot doesn't take 0.25. Right. And you don't enter commas and periods. Right. So the deduction as the robot report on the return showed up as $2,120,125. That's some serious deductions. Leading to a big refund. Okay. All right. 
Um, on audit, they agreed that they owed more tax, but disputed the penalty, claiming the error was an honest mistake. Which I could see. They just didn't double-check their work. All right. Now, what do you think the court... Oh, so they really pushed it instead of... They could have just paid it, right? No, they contested it. They wanted they wanted a hand slap saying, sorry, it won't happen again. Well, you they admitted they owed, so you're going to push this to tax court. When clearly you input it wrong. Yeah, because it, well, well, they're admitting it was a mistake. They're thinking they can get relief because it was an honest mistake. But they also got a big refund because of it. Well, what happened was they their refund was limited to the amount of withholding well, that right. they had done. Okay. Right. Um, and, and I don't have those numbers. Right. Okay. No, but and, still, but they're going to push it. Okay. Um, now, the judge was saying, look it, if you even looked at the return, even right. if you looked at it, even though it was on screen. I was going to say, that's, that's a quick The eyeball. number is at least two additional columns to the left of every other number on the return. Which tells me they didn't look at it. Oh, it stands out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. They didn't look at it. Mm. What do you think the judge said? Do you think they, she, they let him off? Absolutely not. Nope. They pay the penalty. Mm. All right. Well, regardless of that, if you're concerned about all the things going on and want to take control of your financial life and see how the estate planning is different and um, if our services are appropriate, we have both affordable hourly if people need a little bit of help and comprehensive retainers if you want help step-by-step through the entire process. We've been doing this more than 35 years and we offer the free no-obligation consultation by phone or in person to see if you can benefit. And remember, we're not investment advisors, although we do allocate your assets in terms of risk, growth, and tax efficiency. So if you want to come in and take advantage of a consultation by phone or in person, give us a call at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit our website, sign up for our newsletter. You can listen to our podcast and also contact us through the website for a free consultation. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right, listen to Mark Dolly, Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team is helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those decades, Carrie, we certainly have opened our eyes to our new clients by showing them what following the required minimum distribution really looks like mm-hmm. over a long period of time. Right. Going beyond just the idea that, you know, it begins now at age 72. Okay. Or that the amount mathematically that you have to take out of your balance at that point is about 3.65%. Okay. We think you need to know more than that. In other words, what what does it look like if you follow that plan, okay, for Mm -hmm. your whole lifetime? So if you you can go back and listen to last week's podcast show, which I showed a lot of different examples of what the numbers look like in the future, whether you're starting with a million dollars in your IRA or a million and a half, whether and I ran all the different rates of return, four, five, six, seven and eight percent. All right. And so and now if you want to see your own numbers, come in for a consultation. Right. You give us your numbers. You tell us what investment rate of return you want us to use. And we'll actually show you that impact. And I think people are surprised. Okay, so I ended last week's show by saying this week I'd come back and say, well, what would be a plan distribution if you didn't want to follow that required minimum? Mm hmm. What would be a plan distribution? So, Carrie, do I do you want me to use the the million dollar or the million and a half dollar? A uh, million dollar, because mathematically, I think it's easier for people to times okay. by two or divide um, by two. Okay, and I'll use I'll use the five percent rate of return. Okay. All right. So, so in this, and let's say my example, it's a couple sixty five years old, and they have a million dollars at that point. They're still, you know, a number of years away from RMDs, 72. Right. All right. But they're wondering, well, maybe they shouldn't wait till age 72. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so what would be the target? And so let's say they want to get, let's say they're, they're, they're the clients that want to spend the last dollar in the last day. Okay. Um, and 
you know, so following the required minimum wasn't going to lead to that conclusion. Okay. As a matter of fact, if they just follow the required minimum at a, and I'm running it for 30 years. So if they're okay. 65 through na- age 94. Okay. Okay. Uh, 30 years. That's what Benjamin used, by the way, for the 4% rule. That's another okay. one. So let's use the 30 years. So if they had a million dollars at age 65, growing at 5%, started to require minimums at age 72, 3.65% distribution, or about 51,354. By the time they got to age 94, now their required minimum is 111,457. What is that doing to their tax return? And they're still 995,000 in the IRA. At what age? 94. Okay. So that's a lot of money I should have, would have, could have. Not exactly spending the last dollar in the last day. No. Right. Uh, now, so what would be an accelerated plan distribution? Let's say they wanted to spend the last dollar in that 30th year. Okay. Okay. So then they weren't going to wait to age 72. They were going to start now at 65. Mm-hmm. So can you do that math in your head, Carrie? No, I cannot. Now, some people can. I don't know many, Mark. Uh, there's all. <laughs> I, trust me. When I do classes, are we ever going to do classes again, Carrie? Mm, I don't know. Probably that may. I don't know. The health risks are over, aren't they? Okay. I don't know. Um, but anyways, when I, I've, how many years have I been doing classes, Carrie? 30. 30, uh, you know. yeah. Um, but the idea is there's always someone in my class who can do the math in their head. It's amazing. I can't. I, I need, was going to say, yeah, I, I'm sure there's few people. I need a robot to do it. Okay. So using the robot, the first year distribution would be $41,000. And then, and then, like Benjamin, using a cost of living. In other words, if you're, if because one of our contentions is maybe the reason why you don't want to wait to age seventy-two. That old rule that you never take out more than the required minimum. Now your investment advisor loves that because when you're ninety-four, he's still managing nine hundred thousand dollars of your portfolio. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's the best plan for you if your plan is to spend the last dollar in the last day, or if you're trying to figure out how you can live. If you wait to age 72. Mm-hmm. And by the way, uh, don't look now, but the Secure Act Part 2, which is going to probably happen, is going to extend that 72 out even longer Okay, for you younger Which folks. is going to create more taxes for the government. Right. Um, not for you who are already at age 70, but for the younger folks. All right. So so let's add 3.5% inflation on or cost of living increases on to that 41,000 first year distribution. Okay. All right. Um, all right, so the second year, you're taking out 42000 The third year, taking out forty three. Okay, that keeps you going, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you follow that, by the time you get to the end of the 30th year, your million dollars is approaching zero. Okay. That's the 4% rule, right? Right. 4% of a million dollars. Okay. Now, so now you could say, well, how do I compare that to the RMD? So- Here's a summary table that we print out for our clients right. that kind of summarizes it. So, and, and so I'm, there's two. There's plan A, which is just follow the required minimum distribution. Right. Plan B is do an accelerated distribution. Okay. Right. So what we're looking for is, one, maintaining your lifestyle in retirement. Right. Two, not leaving a big amount in the end in case you want to spend that or mm-hmm. three not getting trapped by what the future required minimum distribution may cause you tax wise right all right um now so in this case million dollar assuming a five percent rate of return over 30 years all right um so the target distribution okay at age 72 remember they started at age 65 Right. Right. So at age 72, their actual distribution target distribution is going to be fifty two thousand one sixty three. About the same as what the RMD plan would be. Fifty one thousand five thirty four. OK. All right. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The, no. The. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. Um, the, yeah. About fifty one. thousand. Yeah. Because I said that before. Fifty one thousand. Yeah. Fifty one thousand. Right. So that's you know, so it's it's staying on pace there. But the difference is now you only have a million dollars in your target in, under the target plan. Now you have a million dollars at age 72, where under the RMD plan, you have a million four twenty three. OK, because you started taking out the money quicker. Right. In the plan B. Right now. But here's the other thing. Let's say you get to age 72 
Mm-hmm. Now, the target distribution is 52000 but let's say you don't really need that much. Or maybe that amount's throwing you through a new threshold that you That you don't want to go through. Right. See, what the flexibility of doing this is that the target RMD now is a lot less mm-hmm. because you've taken the money out from 65. Mm-hmm. All right. So the target RMD at age 72 is 37,000, not 51,000. Okay. So you would only be required to take out 37,000. Which gives year. you a little more wiggle room. Maybe you have a capital gains or a company was sold that you're saying, oh, it's going to throw me not only through a tax bracket, but also the Medicare B premiums or capital gains or, and it's looking at all of that together. Right. And the other thing too, is that it, it could um, and the reason why you might not have to take out the 51000 is because since you did an accelerated distribution, you might have built up your cash reserve. Or put it in a Roth, maybe, as tax-free pot okay. of money, even better yet. Yeah. All right. Now, but let's extend these out a little bit. So let's say, well, what's happened at age 80? Okay. Okay. So at, at, at plan A, the RMD plan at age 80... Your required minimum would be seventy three thousand two fifty five. Okay, and you'd have an RMD or not? Well, the, the IRA balance at that point is still a million four seventy six. Oh, jeez, it's still growing. Okay, All right um, now under the Plan B at age seventy, um, age eighty, age eighty. Sorry. Okay, um, now the target distribution is sixty eight thousand six eighty nine, even lower than the Plan A required minimum. Right. Right. Um, the balance in the IRA at that point is 894. Now we're coming down. Right. Right. And now that if you didn't need to take out the 68. What's the RMD? 45,000. Which is a lot lower than 73,000. Especially by now, because maybe tax rates are up by now. Hmm. Well, we know tax rates are going back to what they were if Congress does nothing after 2025. Yep. Okay. Um, what's it looking at age 90? which would be about the joint life expectancy of a couple 65 years old today, right? Meaning that that's the median, meaning in half the cases they'd both be gone by that point, but in 50% of the cases, at least one is going beyond that point. And the thing about IRAs is the surviving spouse gets it all. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, you know, doesn't go away. Doesn't cut in half. All right, now, um, so under plan A, the RMD plan, now at age 90, the RMD would be 104,194. And there'd still be, after taking out that, there'd still be a million two hundred twenty-five thousand in the IRA. All right. Um, coming down, but not coming still higher than what they started with a million. Uh, right. All right. Um, now, what about under plan B, the accelerated distribution plan? Now the target distribution would be ninety-six thousand eight ninety-three. Okay. But now, after taking that, there'd only be 371000 Okay, which is going to make a much lower required minimum. Right, which with the required minimum at that point would be 36888 A lot lower than, than 104 Than 104 Certainly, maybe there's some wiggle room in the middle. You are might you, want to take it out. Are you understanding how this opened eyes to our clients when we started showing this to them? And it's really exciting when people come in, especially for the free consultation, and they're before minimum required distribution. They've stopped working, and they have they're in a very favorable tax rate. But they're saying, "Oh, I don't need to take my RMD." Well, maybe there's tax planning reasons you want to take it. If you're not spending it, which we recommend people spend it and enjoy it, and spending can mean so many things to different people. Transfer it to a Roth that's going to grow tax-free. Convert it to a Roth. Tax-free while you're at a favorable rate, you lower your future minimum required distribution, and if something happens to you, it goes tax-free to your beneficiaries. The Roth IRA. Even if even if you converted, you know, every year you do a Roth conversion, and people don't understand this, every year you do a Roth conversion starts a new five-year holding period right. before you can get the earnings out tax-free. But so, earnings is what you said, where people are afraid, well, what if it, you said earnings tax Right, rate. but a lot of people say, well, you know, what if I die the year after I did a Roth conversion? Because now do the kids, and but the kids wouldn't necessarily have to take it out because under the new well, non-spouse distribution, they have 10 years. So they could let it sit growing 
tax free. Or just take out, you know, the, the, the basis before you get to the earnings. So, right. so yeah, so there, work around that. But I want to show you, though, Carrie, but I ran, we just went over numbers if I was using a 5% rate of return. Okay. Now, it's crazy, Carrie, I know, but we have a lot of clients that still believe or they're asking their investment advisors, you know, we don't manage assets for our clients, but we certainly work closely with our clients' investment advisors. And a lot of them are still saying, yeah, 7% is is what you want to be, you know, using. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what would these numbers look if I increased the rate of return from 5% okay. to 7%? Right. So now at age 72, under the plan A, the required minimum, well, let me go back. You're starting with a million. Yeah, starting a million. Let me first update what the target distribution would be. So, in other words, if you weren't going to wait till 72, if you were going to start at 65, a million dollars growing at 7% a year, you still wanted to be zero at the end of 30 years. Right. With 3.5% increase in the distribution every year, the cost of living increase, you the, you would start at $52,000. Okay. All right. Now, okay, so now back to plan A. If you weren't going to start, you're just going to wait for required minimum. At age 72, your RMD would be 58605 Okay. And you'd have you wouldn't have you'd have a million six fifty five in the IRA at that point if it's growing at seven. And you're starting at a million. It's got seven. It's going to be. Yeah, this is after you take out the fifty eight thousand uh, first year. All right. Under the target distribution that you started at fifty two thousand and increasing the percent by age seventy two, the target distribution is going to be sixty six thousand one fifty nine. Okay. The target RMD though would only be thirty nine thousand, not. 58,000. Okay. All right. Um, and now, but let's go, what's it looking at at age 85? Okay. At age 85, okay, now under plan A, the target, or, or the, the the RMD, if you were just following that plan, would be over $130,000. Okay. And there'd be $2 million still in the IRA. Mm, which the, means that RMD is going to keep going up. Under the target distribution, there would be it would be one hundred and three thousand at that point, but the target RMD would only be fifty five. So if you didn't need the one hundred three, that's a f- almost fifty thousand dollar difference to give you wiggle room on your tax return to control and more make choices. than that. You're talking about fifty five thousand to one hundred thirty thousand. Oh, okay. All right. I, in my head, uh, I revised it one hundred and three. So yeah. Yeah, and you know so. You see the power of crunching these numbers. So and I missed know, opportunities. Right, because it, it, like you're saying, what do you do with this money if you are if you don't, you know, well, one, maybe you want to spend it yourself. Two, maybe you want to convert it to worth, convert it to Roth. Next week here, I'm going to come back and, and give you those more reasons than that, as well as you might want to fund an advanced estate planning technique if you're worried about estate taxes. All right, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.